chapter 6. Uh, really, we're just going to look at uh, two verses of Scripture tonight, and then we're going to be kind of wrapping up our time uh, with, Ecclesi- uh, with Ephesians. Uh, it's been a wonderful book to study. Um, I'm not exactly sure where we'll go next, uh, but next week you'll find out. Um, so let's, uh, let's read Ephesians chapter 6, uh, 23 and 24. God's Word. Peace be to the brothers, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much uh, for your word as we get to study it tonight. We pray as, as your word is given to us, um, this last benediction that the Apostle Paul gave to the church of Ephesus, we pray that we would take it to heart, we would understand what these words mean. And Father, we don't understand just generally how we can receive the blessing of, of benedictions. Um, so Father, we, we pray that as we, as we study this text, that you would give us wisdom uh, and grace. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, for centuries, when uh, churches would end their service, they would offer a, a benediction. A benediction would, would not be kind of like a, a, kind of a, a sacred way to, to kind of end the, the, the church service. Uh, it's kind of like, well, we said the benediction, now you are dismissed, you can leave. Uh, what benedictions always are, it's, it's us uh, getting a, a blessing from the Lord as we go with the word and the, the songs and the prayers that we just uh, sang, and we take them with us throughout the week. Uh, because we know that when we, when we gather, we become the, the church uh, corporate, right? We become the ecclesia, the called out one. So this idea of the church is a wonderful picture. We are called out of the world to be to kind of gather together under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So every single time we gather, we are fundamentally saying we do not belong to the world, but we belong to Christ. We see this fundamentally on Sunday morning with the Lord's Day when we say, no, we, we, we are not going to continue our, our, our entertainment. We're not going to continue our work. We're going to stop from that. And we're going to come here and we're going to say, no, we belong to Christ. We're making that statement. We're becoming the church. Well, when, when we, after we become the church, we leave. We scatter, right? And when we scatter throughout the, uh, the, the city and go to our homes, we're still the church. And we're going with the gospel when we go there. Uh, so churches would, would, would have a, a benediction after a service as a way to receive the blessing from God, right? So you see almost at the end of every um, uh, letter that, that Paul wrote, the 13 letters, there's always a blessing there. Most of them have to do with God bestowing grace upon us. Uh, the, the, the benediction we do every single week, uh, it's not always the same. Uh, sometimes I change it up, but typically it's uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Uh, but may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with you all. In, in a sense, be with you all until we gather again. May you, you, you experience the grace of Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit, right? It's a Trinitarian uh, blessing. Well, here, uh, Paul is kind of uh, closing his letter. Uh, really, the first is, could be a mini-benediction, but it really, I think the full benediction begins in verse uh, 24. Uh, so that he's, he's kind of wrapping up his, his letter, and he's saying, peace be to the brothers, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now remember, when Paul wrote this letter, he's not just writing this letter to a, a random group of people. He's writing this letter to the church at Ephesus who he, he labored with and spent time with. This is what happens with, um, with me every time I preach. You know, sometimes like learning to preach can be a hard thing, uh, but I don't just preach, like prepare a message, read, and then try to deliver something that's somewhat coherent. 
I'm trying to think about what the Word of God says, and I want to take this Word and apply it to the people of God at Park Baptist Church, to our unique place in history, right? So if I was preaching through the book of Ephesians at Park in 2020, uh, it's going to sound different if I preach the book of Ephesians to Park at 2012, because the congregation is very different. Does that, does that, you make, does that make sense, right? So what, 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 what's happening here, uh, Paul is, is, is laboring for this body. So he wrote this letter for this body by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he's saying, peace be to uh, the brothers. Now, we know that when it is, it is a good and, and sweet thing when the, the people of God dwell in unity, when they dwell in peace. Uh, I'm not sure about you, but I have been part of churches when there has been no peace. It feels like there is conflict around every corner, and you feel like people don't want you to be around them, right? I, I've been there, and it's not a fun place uh, to be. And yet you have been places when you experience peace and joy. I mean, you could not even just think about the church. You could think about that in your own homes. How, how much better is it to walk in your home when you see people happy and getting along rather when people are at each other's throats, right? Parents, you don't know what I'm talking about. Your kids, are, I'm sure, are perfect little angels. They never argue with one another. Um, but peace is a beautiful thing. Well, and peace really is an essence of the gospel. Because what does peace truly mean? Well, peace is what we have with God. Peace with God be to the brothers. And then why do we have peace? Well, because on the cross, Jesus came, lived that perfect life, did not deserve the cross, did not deserve to, to pay any kind of debt for sin because he had no sin. But when he hung on the cross, what he heard from the Father, may the Lord curse you. I don't know about you, but if you've ever had a, a friend that was close in your life and all of a sudden they came to you for whatever the reason and they said, I no longer want to be in your life. May you be cursed, is what they're saying. Go away from me. Send them away. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ experienced on the cross. Right? You be cursed for us so that we could hear, may the Lord bless you. Lord Jesus said, may the Lord curse you, so we could hear, may the Lord bless you. So when we hear the word peace, we should be reminded of the peace that we now have with God. There is now no enmity, no war that we have with God because our sins are forgiven. We have been transformed to, as enemies now to, to sons and daughters of, of God. Peace be to the brothers. And I pray that when you hear the word peace, often as you read the scriptures or even in, in, in a benediction, that you'd be reminded to have peace with one another. You know, there is so much conflict in our world, and there's, there's, there potentially could be conflict even among us. You know, this is a, a, a tense time in general to, to live, and it's a tense time to, to be in the church. Because things that we once were locked in step and agreed on, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, now we have all these other things that are kind of, on, kind of built on top of that that make things really difficult. So your, your, our peace as a body of Christ will be threatened. It's going to be threatened uh, during how we handle the pandemic. It's going to be threatened during this election season that's coming up. And how we handle ourselves uh, publicly and how we handle ourselves and what we say for the world to see on social media and how we handle ourselves in private conversations is going to communicate our faith. Are we going to be peaceful with one another? Strive to be at harmony 
with all of God's people. So Paul says, peace be to the brothers. Jesus Christ has won us peace with God, therefore we should be at peace with one another. But not only peace, we should have love with faith. You know, the love that God, <coughs> sorry, the love that God has given his church is a love that is supernatural. You know, I'm always reminded in the first lesson I do with premarital couples uh, when they want to get married is I walk through Genesis chapter 2 and Genesis chapter 3. And you kind of unpack what the, the design is in Genesis chapter 2. Uh, this great picture that a man should leave his husband or his mother and father and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Okay, let me say that one more time to make sure I said it exactly the way I want. The man shall leave his mother and father and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Well, then we get to chapter, chapter 3 when things kind of fall apart with, with the fall of, of, of man. Uh, and when you see all the different things that happen under the curse, under, under, the, under Adam, under the natural order of things, it's hard to love because life is challenging. Children are painful to, to bear, and they're ch painful to raise, to rear. It's tiring, exhausting for, for parents, for, for mothers in particular. And then you have uh, work. Work doesn't work with us. Work works against us. So husbands often go out, and, and they go out and labor in the world, and they come home, and they're tired, and they don't want to serve their families. This is just natural part of our world, part of the fallen, cursed world that we live. And yet God wants you to love with faith. He doesn't want you just to love like the world loves. He wants you to love with the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit of God. That's the, the empty tomb affections we're called to love one another with. And listen, it is hard to love people that you like sometimes, right? It's even harder to love people that you don't like, who may get on your nerves, and yet we're called to love with a natural love. We're called to love with what? A supernatural love. So peace be to the brothers, and love with faith, this supernatural faith that we have been given to us by God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it ends this, this way, which I think is a, is a helpful reminder for all of us. Grace be with all. With all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Uh, really, he's kind of, that, that love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible, it's kind of like the love that maybe... Uh, we can maybe see in Romans chapter 8, it's this love that is, is sure and is, is going to last. Um, we want to um, have our love continue in the Lord. So really what Paul is saying is, I want grace to be with all who are true Christians, who, who love our Lord Jesus Christ with a love that will continue, that will persevere, that will last. Our love should be like that. And those people, those who have been born again by the Spirit of God, who are dead in sins and now alive in Christ, verse 24, grace be with all. I don't think as, as a people that we could uh, talk about grace enough. Grace is a glorious thing. Friends, we need grace every single day. We need grace to be faithful uh, in our um, duties at work. We need, be, we need grace to, to work diligently when the hours that the Lord has given us while we're at work, that we don't be divided in our time. Uh, we need grace to be patient with our children uh, when we're tired. Uh, we, need be, to be grace, we need grace to be patient with our, 
with our roommate when they leave their things in places they shouldn't have them, right? We need grace with our, with our spouse when they treat us unkindly. We need grace all the time. And here's the beauty of this. So often that we, we kind, of, kind of maybe put guilt upon ourselves for how we're failing. You know, I, mean, I, know, I talk to so many folks who, who just feel like they're not doing enough for the Lord. They're not doing enough for their families. They're not doing enough for uh, their jobs. They're not doing enough for their church. They're not doing, they're not doing, they're not doing. And they feel this kind of this weight of guilt. Listen, everybody here is a failure. I love you. <laughs> so uh, a couple of years ago, I was teaching at a camp, and I was trying to teach kids that sports uh, teach kids how to fail and gives them perseverance to overcome. And at the end of my talk, one of the kids raised their hands and said, are you telling us that we're all losers and failures? Yes, I am. Have a good day, right? Uh, my wife and I were talking about that just the other day, and she goes, yeah, you probably don't hear that enough, right? But listen, we're all failures, right? We're all going to make mistakes. We're all not going to be sufficient and, and do enough. And guess what? That's okay. That's the whole point of the gospel. The whole point of the gospel is that you aren't sufficient to do things in your own strength. You need the help of God. You need his grace. That's what the cross says. The cross says, without me, you would be hopeless, but I've given you grace. I've given you strength to persevere and to endure whatever life faces you. So after a sermon, after singing God's praises, when you're kind of filled with love and hope and joy and peace and grace, the benediction says, grace be with you. Take the grace on Monday morning. Take the grace on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and almost be so much out of grace on Saturday night that you cannot wait to be back in the gathering of the saints. Because we all need grace. And this right now, what we are doing is a grace given to us by God. It is grace to meet with God's people, to hear God's praises being sung, to hear the word of God being preached. It is grace. So one of the things I'm going to ask you to pray for is that we have people in our body right now who need grace. They need maybe grace in God's healing touch physically, but we also, they also need grace in their spiritual lives. I'm worried about some of our, our members who aren't able to gather with us for whatever the reason, because they, they need the grace weekly to hear the word, to be with the saints. And oh my goodness, it, it was so encouraging. I mean, I said it at the beginning, but it's so encouraging to see you all talking in the back and not wanting to sit down. You know what that says to me? It says, you love each other. You're trying to give each other grace by laughing and encouraging. So after the morning service um, on Sunday, service started at 9, got over a little after 10. People weren't leaving the parking lot till a little after 11. That's a sign of grace. Why? You're saying, give me more. Give me more grace. So when these benedictions come, I pray that you would, you would heed them, you would rejoice in them. And all these words, these words of grace and love and faith and, and peace would remind you of what God has done for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all, with love, who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Father, we pray that we would be a people of peace. We'd be a people of love. And, oh God, we'd be a people of grace. Let your grace be with us this night and the rest of this week. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.